This is the cutting edge of sexual evolution. We're your hosts, Victoria and Lauren, and this is the New Paradigm Intimacy Podcast. Allow your body to vibrate and receive the activations from leaders around the world, bringing through pioneering approaches to sex, business, and relating. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to our men's sexuality feature. For the next two weeks, we will be sharing daily interviews from male bodied leaders who embody unique transmissions of sexuality. This is in celebration of the launch of our first Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy men's course. If you love listening to these episodes, subscribe and leave a review to receive free access to our sex magic course and go in the draw to win one of three subscriptions to the Eros Vault, our online membership portal of sexuality resources to revolutionize the way you view sex, love and relating to assist you with high performance. In the first episode of our series, Victoria chats with Tyron Mowbray. Hey loves, um, welcome to the podcast, New Paradigm Intimacy. I am here with a lovely Tyron today and he's going to share with us a little bit about his journey with sexuality and uh, moving into the space of becoming a sexuality facilitator in particular. So um, I'd like to start off with um, just handing it over to you Tyron and share with us a bit about what you do and where you're at right now. Thanks Victoria. Um, yeah, so it was a big, big leap into the unknown. Um, to, you know, I want to help men last longer in bed and have better relationships with women, you know. Um, Obviously, there was a big personal journey in that that I had to go through to even get to a place where I felt like I could talk openly about it with other humans. Um, So, yeah, there was, it was, you know, but ultimately it was the same as predominantly, I would say 80% of the men in Australia um, grew up, like a normal kid um, in country Australia and started jacking off and watching porn a lot when I was young and didn't think anything kind of abnormal about it. Um, but also didn't speak about it, you know, like it wasn't something that was commonly spoken about or shared about. And, and um, I, I love interacting with women always have, you know, that's always, it's fun. Um, and, um, but again, no one, no, you don't talk about, I don't, I never learned how to do it. I never had um, any guidance. My dad wasn't very good at communicating, still isn't. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was like, I just, I was just fumbling, you know, I was fumbling my way through, through life as a lot of us do and making mistakes and learning from my mistakes and sometimes not learning from my mistakes. But when I hit kind of 18, 19 and by that stage, you know, um, the society that I was a part of my culture was dictating what was telling me what was right and wrong, you know, and one of the, one of the funniest things I like to say in my workshops or when I coach men or anyone really is like, what's the most sensitive part of our body when we first start masturbating and it's our ears, right? Because we're in our bedrooms waiting to see if mum and dad will hear us when they walk down the hallway. Right. Like it's like, we can't even enjoy the pleasure in our own body when we're learning about it because we're ashamed of expression. Yeah. And um, 
And that's, that's just, that's just us orgasming. And then if you take that into relationships and interactions and sexual fantasies and kinks and fetishes and what you want to explore and will people love me all of a sudden that just that little thing that started off really small is now this huge fucking like weight on our shoulders that we carry around. So for me, liberating ourselves from our sexual shame or sexual conditioning around what is and isn't okay is the first step to something much, much bigger, um, which is for me, you know, connection to God, love, universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, it starts in the base. It starts in our sexuality because it's the thing that we all have in common. Every single person on the planet uh, was born because of sex. And therefore, um, it's an inf infinite source of power and it's the thing that we suppress the most. But yeah, for me, I had a porn addiction. I used to jack off four or five times a day. I used to come really quick. Um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do intimacy well. You know, I had a broken heart when I was very young and I pretty much didn't open it again for most of my adolescence um, and, and early 20s. So yeah, that's kind of my, my journey in a nutshell and why I'm passionate about doing this. Um, and it's also to help people get over their sexual stuff so they can focus on other things and use that energy for creating the change in their life that they want to change, that they want to create. Mm, amazing. I love that. And um, so I've known Tyron for quite some time. We uh, attended uh, sexuality training together back in maybe 2017 or 2018. And, mm. um, you know, back when you were, when I just met you, you'd kind of just left like a soldier house, left like the building site was really like entering this world of sexuality. And I just want to know a little mm. bit more about that journey that you went through of like what it was like to let go and jump into this very unknown field, very new paradigm field that we are now operating in today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up uh, playing Aussie rules football and I was a bricklayer in construction for a while. And then after a heartbreak at 26, um, got a job out in the mines for a while and all, all of that, you know, I had my first house at 23, my second at 25, uh, the white picket fence house and a girlfriend and a, a couple of dogs and that all came crashing down and um and yeah i went into a, a shame spiral that lasted about two years drugs alcohol sex porn um debaucherous acts mm -hmm. and it led to a breakdown where i had to go on some form of journey to fucking become comfortable with who i was again mm -hmm. which i'd lost along the way and yeah, I, I did that for a year in Europe. I came back, I got into yoga and then I, I became a yoga teacher and a bricklayer, which was pretty abstract for most people in my world as it was, you know, like I was this debaucherous, like womanizing fucking bricklayer from uh, Adelaide um, for a long time. And then to tell everyone that I was now a vegetarian yoga teacher, bricklayer, uh, just blew people's minds. <laughs> but the one thing about yoga was it didn't really work with sexuality. And I'd started to do a little bit of tantra and practice things. And then I went on my first sexuality training, not where I met you, it was just before I met you. And that blew me open. That was like, yes, sexuality and spirituality. This is my thing. This is, this is, this is my juice. And, um, and yeah, it liberated me a lot, you know, and I came out of that and I started talking to everyone about sex and a more like, I didn't care what people thought, you know, I liberated my own shame around it. Um, and I mean, I was already pretty sexually active and debaucherous in areas. And like I had kinks that the boys would make fun of that, you know, I didn't care about so much, but that was all done in the shadow. And it was done in a way of me kind of like dictating my prowess among the footy boys. Whereas 
Mm. Once I'd liberated that, I was actually doing it from a place of actually, it's just what I enjoy and it's fucking amazing. And if you enjoy something, you should express that as well. You know, not me trying to prove my whatever. Um, so then after a little while, I was like, no, I need to go on this journey more. And yeah, I sold my houses and quit my job and, and dived all in and have been in for nearly two and a half years now. And holy shit, um, it has led to the dissolution of reality so many times. Um, I've explored open relating and male intimacy and, you know, nearly had a baby with someone in an open relationship last year and had my heart ripped out of my chest multiple times. And it's been a crazy ride. And uh, trying to tell my dad that I was now a sex coach and going to help men prolong orgasms and last longer in bed. And it was, it was challenging. You know, he's an English soccer hooligan that grew up in Australia. And um, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. You know, it was hard at times and still is at moments, but he's come to more acceptance and, and I've come to more acceptance with it as well. But um, at the end of the day, it's like I had no choice. You know, it wasn't, it, it was actually like when I had awoken this thing inside of me, I didn't have a choice whether I did it or not. I had to do it, you know, and you could say that it was a part of my soul that was, had been screaming for a long time that was like, no, this is what you have to do. Um, and yeah, that's led to me, you know, started speaking about it online and creating an audience and people were asking for advice and that turned into coaching and now turns into mentoring. And, you know, now I, well, not right now because of the virus, but uh, I run, you know, retreats and workshops around the world. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 a, it's liberation. It's all it is, you know, for me, it's a sense of liberation. I'm not trying to heal anyone. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put back together your broken bits and pieces it's a liberation and it's a realization that you were never broken in the first place, you know? And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. As far as, you know, the, it was, it was challenging to go to surrender something that I know worked, which was working hard and earning a weekly wage and, you know, paying rent or paying a mortgage to surrender to the mystery of what happens if I let go of structure, you know? Mm. And if you look at structure being the masculine form and, and the flow being the feminine, for a very masculine man to, you know, my environments had brought me up that way to surrender to the mystery of the feminine flow was, was really fucking hard. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm really feeling your parts of like how much you self-acceptance you would have had to come to in yourself to share that with your dad, you know, like in similar growing up for me, you know, British family, very, um, you know, closed with their views on these yeah. things. And, similar for me, found yoga and then found then that sexuality was not as part of that. So yeah, it's like that, that process of really stepping in. Um, I think it's really powerful and I'm really excited that um, you, you know, really come out and done so much because, you know, it is, um, there is a rarity of, you know, seeing the men from the building sites that are able to get through all of that conditioning to get to the other side. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. I think it's super powerful. Hmm. Thank you. And um yeah, like the process, you know, like you said, from like the building site to, you know, sharing male intimacy and um, being able to hold, uh, I wouldn't say hold space, like facilitate other people in their sexual experience without being a part of that. You know, this is something that I speak to a lot with men is, you know, how do you witness somebody in their sexual expression without um, feeling that be an invitation or without um, feeling uncomfortable in yourself because someone's opening up in that vulnerability? What was that like for you? Mm. Yeah, so 
that's a great question um <laughs> because what i've what i've found you know depending on the man that i'm working with specifically a lot of men and some women they kind of vomit in the mouth a little bit when you say that they have a feminine side because men are from very young age don't be a girl be a man you know from mm. from as early as we can remember that's don't be a girl be a man so not only is it it's it's not only is it don't be a boy be a man but don't be a girl as well don't be a girl don't be a boy be a man and it's like this mm. and and then a man is this right and and when unfortunately a lot of us get our sex ed from porn that's our identification of a man sexually um not necessarily in you know in life but sexually we know it's not the only way a man can be sexually but when it's when when the male dominated environments uh oh sorry unhealthy male dominated environments are, are continuously kind of penetrating you with like this and this and this you you quite often you succumb to it and you do it because it's what everyone you know the more you do it the more the more acceptance you get the more praise you get so um and you know footy clubs and construction sites and well, sports clubs and construction sites and any kind of male dominated environments tend to breed um some form of competition around sexuality with women yeah. and what this does is it sends us so what i like to do instead of saying masculine and feminine i like to say animal and heart right so men have this animal this primal essence which is really good and and you know it's we need it it's fucking it's hot it's attractive it's safe it's strong it's powerful it's all the things that women really like about men in when it's healthy when it's unhealthy it's all the things that are unsafe that women you know all the negative aspects of of men that they project onto us and and men project on other men also and then we have the heart and the heart is our sensitive side our soft side our compassionate our nurturing you know like our integrated father side that wants to protect and you know like and, and nourish and feed and support and and in healthy it's great and in the unhealthy it's like the the pushover the walkover doesn't he's not in his balls he has no power so you can do masculine and feminine or you can do animal and heart and when i do animal heart what this does when when these unhealthy male circles is it pushes us into our animal and away from our heart and and then when we spend so much time in the animal it's it's just where we get stuck and we don't we don't bring that animal up into the heart so when a woman is in her sexual expression that activates our animal our primal like i want to fuck mode and and we start to get aroused and because no one has guided guided us shown us taught us spoke to us about how to bring that energy up into our heart so that we are coming with love rather than coming with penetrative force from our animal we don't know how to do that and so it over it, it overrides everything that we have and you know what i see is a lot of men stuck in this unhealthy animal expression unable to manage their sexual energy whether when they're around attractive women or women in their sexual essence because that's the only thing they've run for years is this unhealthy sexual predator energy um and we see it with the me too campaign and all these women coming out saying they've been sexually assaulted and raped and it's great for the awakening of this unhealthy aspect of humanity but at the same time it has also made men scared of this part of themselves and so we're kind of caught in this limbo now like we know women like it we know it's a part of us but we don't want to overstep boundaries so mm -hmm. you know depending on where you are 
um, in, on your own personal journey and, and with, with the ability to look at these conscious or, or unconscious parts of yourself, yeah, uh, it, it can be hard. It can be challenging. Well, do I, do I engage? Do I not engage? Do I communicate? Do I not communicate? Is she a yes? She feels like she's sending the signals, but also maybe she's just in her own, you know, like it can be challenging and there's you know, no education for it. There's no information. There's no training. There's no, there is, sorry, it's very much out there, but it's not mainstream. It's not taught in schools. It's not taught, passed down from parents very often. It's not, you know, taught on a, on a, on a broad spectrum of adolescence, which is when it's really needed. You know, we need to teach boys at 13 to manage their sexual energy. Mm, 100% agree. That's like, it's, yeah, there's a lot of layers, isn't there? This is what I was like coming up against. So I wanted to share this information. I was like, where do you even start? Because, you know, what is it going to take to integrate, um, you know, more of men showing up in the, in the, in the space of sexuality when there is like, you know, I imagine if I was a man with whatever, with all the things I'm hearing from my male clients, like the amount of fear that there would be just to step forward into actually just owning all the parts of what it means to be, to work in sexuality, the amount of conditioning yeah. and the layers to actually step through and the, the projections and the opinions. So I guess uh, a question I'm curious of is like, what do you feel like is the biggest thing that you're coming up against with your male clients, like around their sexuality? What would, what's like the predominant theme at the moment? Um, that's, that's, there's a few, right? I mean, well, there's, I guess, let's just talk about the, the extremes of the polarities, right? The heart and the animal, like there's basically guys that are porn addicts and, and think they're sex addicts and think that they're dirty for having desires and fantasies, you know, like for having this sex monster inside of them that they watch porn for because it's the only way they can express this animal part without shame right like they watch a video they see other people doing what they want to do it makes them feel normal which is why they do it they get aroused they masturbate you know if they have a partner they're too scared to communicate with her what they want to do in any form because if they if she says no or shames him for being a dirty bastard which a lot of people do then he goes into his i'm not worthy of love or this part of me is not worthy of love so they don't show up fully in relationship because they're holding back because they're scared. Um, and so that runs in the shadow, you know, um, or the other extreme, you know, so, so yeah, so the animal runs in the shadow, but there's, there's a lot of it. Um, or the other extreme is like, they, there's, there's no commitment, you know, they're, they're just in the animal all the time. And um, they, they kind of just, they don't commit to anything. They're just free. They're just, they're kind of, overzealous with their energy and they're, they're not sensitive to what's going on around them. Um, yeah. So these are the extremes. It's like you've got Mr. Nice guy who doesn't stand for anything and doesn't express himself fully. And you've got the asshole that just doesn't commit and doesn't, you know, care. Um, and it's about, you know, bringing both of those showing, showing each individual that they have the opposite inside of them if they are willing to open to it. And that part is worthy of love too. You know, the people that are assholes are generally hiding a really sensitive, soft, mushy thing in, inside of them that happened so long ago that got fucking beaten up by something. And so they've had to put on this masquerade as this wanker, which is what happened to me because they're scared of expressing that part, you know? Mm -hmm. And so these are the, these are the two things that I see mostly. It's like, 
men that can't express themselves sexually or men that can't express themselves emotionally. Yeah. And they're interlocked. Totally. They're the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I've done a few of these interviews now and like the energy that I keep hearing is just like this ability for men to be in their expression. It doesn't matter which side we come from and almost like this, um, yeah, like this um, scarcity of conversation, scarcity of actual being in sexual experiences. Um, like that, that, that theme just keeps appearing for me when, I, when I'm asking these questions. And, you know, I'm wondering what it's going to take to bridge that gap. You know, what is it going to take for um, in our society to have, um, you know, men come into the facilitating space and for men to feel safe enough to be in the facilitating space and for men to just be free in their sexuality in a, in a societal world. So I'm wondering, what do you feel like is the, the maybe like one or two things that would be, that would take us from here to there, like in your opinion? Um, I'm probably going to receive a little bit of, feedback uh from this but um for the the biggest one um is for women to heal their relationship with masculine energy mm. because um a lot of the fear and i'm not it's it's not i'm not blaming women either um because men need to heal their relationship with the feminine energy which is the next thing right but um there is a lot there is a lot of fear from men in expression to uh to women in whatever form, you know, whether it's vulnerability or penetrative force um, around how it will be received. And that's different for every woman because she's had different experiences with masculine energy or men in her life. So she, she, every woman has her own flavor, right? You're with one girlfriend and she tells you you're too strong, too dominating, too penetrative. You're with another girlfriend, she tells you you're too soft, too vulnerable, too weak. And so, it, you know, we get confused as to how you want us to show up. You want us to be strong and powerful and control and, 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 and decisive and whatever. And then you want us to be vulnerable and soft and sensitive and caring. And it's like, we don't get the education to do all of that shit. So it's really hard. So um, for, for women to heal whatever pain, whatever trauma, whatever, I don't even like saying trauma, whatever pain, whatever scars they have towards the masculine energy to do some work on that, so that when they when they relate with men, they can love that man as he is fully. And it doesn't mean that like let him do all of his bad shit, but it's like love him as he is because that's the biggest thing that humans need um, in general is to be to be loved as they are. And for a woman that has done her, you know, so basically strong feminists that believe that men are the problem or that believe that, you know, the feminine needs to be risen more and that will heal the world and stuff. It's like, well, yes. And the masculine needs to be healed too. The masculine, you know, it's not like what we see is a lot of unhealthy masculine in the world. It doesn't mean that it needs feminine needs to rise. It also needs that the masculine needs to integrate more. So, so if yeah, women to heal their relationship with masculine energy will go a long way into supporting men to express. And then the second one is, is the polarity of it um, for, for men to stop blaming women or, or feminine energy for like, you know, because the more we blame the opposite, the more we polarize into what we already are. So if I'm a man blaming women, I'm going to hold the masculine point more to prove that it's better. And we see it so often mm. in it, you know? Um, so if men can heal their relationship with the feminine energy and learn to trust and love and, you know, and nourish and nurture the feminine energy, 
within and without, then women won't be as, you know, blaming and judgmental on men as we think they are, or as we experience that they are. This is how we collectively heal a lot of that stuff, you know, and unfortunately a lot of relationships that we're born into um, our parents or, you know, whatever, have a lot of unresolved issues with the polarity with the opposite sex or the opposite energy. And therefore we, in, we witness that firsthand. They don't even have to tell us, but just by witnessing their relationship, we inherit that information. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 they're the, they're the two main things that we can do to help overcome and, and kind of heal that. But I mean, otherwise just get, 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 get comfortable in your own skin, you know, liberate yourself from whatever story you have, that you're not okay as you are because if you're okay with you then you're going to attract people that are okay with you and that's all like not everyone's we live we live in a fantasy world if you think that seven and a half billion people are going to love seven and a half billion people we're not going to get there not in this generation but we don't have to hate each other you know we don't have to hate each other there's a difference between complete and undying love like i love you and cool your vibration doesn't match my vibration and that's okay. I'm going to go hang out with these people that I do like my, you know, that I do like their vibe, you know? And so, yeah, I feel like it's like, we don't have to hate on people, but we don't have to love them unconditionally either. It's like, find out who you are, vibrate that and, and, and hang out with people that have the same vibration. And we kind of do this naturally in communities and in society, but, you know, but, but keep being yourself, you know, don't start, stopping your expression for fitting in keep holding your own vibration yeah cool is there any like one like task that you could give a man to really just start this journey with his sexuality or like deepen his journey with sexuality is there anything that you would give him sound breath and movement it's simple like when when (laughs) yeah you know like Simple for, and, and this is not for men, this is for women. As you know, Everyone. you would teach the same. I'd say that women. quote every day. <laughs> and I mean, I still practice this every time I self-pleasure. I still have resistance to like, mm. I live in a treehouse right now in the middle of fucking rainforest. I have no neighbors. And yet when I self-pleasure, my, my default after five years of this is still to be quiet, right? And that doesn't mean it's bad. I don't have to scream every time but my default is to be quiet. And when I orgasm to contract and to hold my breath, like it's still my default. And that's probably got something to do with the last 12 months of the pain in relating I've been through, but, um, but sound breath and movement, like, you know, as a man, when I started jacking off and I started, you know, I would come, I would jack off like four or five times a day when I was 14. Um, and, uh, and it was like, and, and I, I hold my breath, I, I tense my muscles, I pull really hard, I don't make any noise, and all that does is create contraction in my system. So sound breath and movement. Like if you want to get better at sex, if you want to be more liberated in your expression, start doing it all the time. Like start, start relaxing your body, start breathing deeper, start making more noises. Um, especially when you self-pleasure and, and, you know, a real, real good one is take notice of how often your asshole is clenched and relax it. <laughs> that because is really great. 
It is the tightest place on the male body and probably on the human body. And we, uh, as general humans, generally have very tight assholes all the time. So notice when it's contracted and consciously relax it and feel mm. your entire energetic system just like, oh, oh wow, like, mm. you know, just relax and, and let it open up. And yeah, but sound, Beautiful. breath, and movement get making noises and moving in weird shapes and expression and definitely sound breath and movement amazing i love that thank you um and i have one last question for you what is sure. the biggest uh trans like you know what i believe is that you know when we work on our sexuality we see big changes of our career our finances our love life our relationships with our parents of everything in our world what is the biggest transformation you've had since starting the work in sexuality oh What's the biggest transformation I've had in, um, you can come in, that's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm on it, yeah, it's fine. It's a little baby, we got a baby in here and I can't keep Cute. her outside. <laughs> um, the biggest transformation I've seen in, when I since started working in my sexuality. Um, ah, it's, it's hard, there's been so many. Um, it wouldn't, I don't know if it's something as simple as like money or, or, Okay, actually, do you know what it is? No, that's, this is interesting. It's my desire for a family. Um, so, so before I had a lot of love inside and I didn't know how to express it. And so my desire for a family was really strong because I wanted a channel to give that love to. Yeah. And since working in sexuality and learning that I can give my love to many, and that doesn't mean having sex with everyone, okay? What that means is an ability to express my emotions to anyone and everyone, whether it's uh, a guy that I'm interviewing for a call, whether it's a, someone in my mentorship, whether it's my mum, whether it's you, Vic, or you know, whatever, no matter who it is around the world that I've become friends with or acquainted with or whatever, my ability to connect with them has become so much deeper that I, my desire for a family has become sub, substantially less because I don't seek a channel for me to express that love somewhere um, yeah, wow. because it's coming out of me more, more freely. And what that does is creates more abundance in every aspect, you know, like, yes, it creates more money. Yes. It creates more freedom. Yes. It creates more, more friends, more, you know, more friends. I feel a family, um, and, you know, after this last year, um, I have now come full circle back to desiring a family, like a, a child, uh, the baby that's here is not mine. Um, but it, it comes from a place of actually, I'm not seeking a family to fulfill my own wounded self-love mm. pains. I'm seeking a family because it's actually what I really, really want more than anything in this mm. world. Yeah, wow. So, Imagine the impact that will have on the family that you do have. That's super exciting. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's not me to force my love onto my partner or onto my children um, because I don't feel loved. It's me actually loving with all of the knowledge and wisdom and insights that I have now. I'm not going to try to create, make my children something that I wasn't. You know, I'm going to let my children be their full expression of themselves and love whatever type of adult or like human they become. Amazing. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything you shared today. I think it's so powerful and I'm just really excited to share this with, with more men and more women so that we can get this work out there into the world. That's just absolutely like changing the paradigm. So I'm excited. 
if um, anywhere that our men listen to this that um, are interested in doing the, this work, please reach out to me. We have the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy for Men coming up. And is there anything you want to share, Tyron, about how men can get hold of you if they want to speak with you? Yeah, so Tyron Mowbray on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, my website is almost finished. Um, it's, it's something that I struggle with, the tech, you know, being a bricklayer, the technology side of things <laughs> of this job is challenging for me. Um, but yeah, tyronmowbray.com, um, Facebook, Instagram, I've got videos and tutorials and all that stuff. Um, I run a men's mentorship. Um, it's about to finish. We're going to run it again in a couple of months' time. Um, yeah, it's a huge four month initiation into into men's work and sexuality and emotions and relating and um yeah so yeah check me out i'm happy to work with anyone and everyone amazing cool thank you so much for coming on and i will speak to you very soon i love you a lot bye thanks for listening to today's orgasmic episode Remember to subscribe and leave a review letting us know how this landed in your body. The Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy is now open for August intake. If you feel the pull to become a conscious, integrated sexuality leader, apply through the show notes.